we're back with the Hammer Podcast. Friends, we know it's been a long 168 hours, but fear not, we are here in the excellence in pastoral broadcasting with half our theological brains tied behind our back, just to give the Arminians a chance. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right, friends. We are back with the Hammer Podcast. Uh, we've missed all of you, uh, but we are glad to be in the saddle and ready to roll. So, this past week, we saw Jesus once again was giving the SBI a lot of heartburn. This That's time, right. he the problem, he was Jesus was eating with tax collectors and sinners. What what can we say about that? What more is there for us to understand about this heartburn that he gave our nefarious friends from the Sanhedrin? Yeah, well, the Sanhedrin bureau of investigation, That's dun, right, dun, dun, and dun. fake dossiers and other things. Nonetheless, <laughs> and fake uh, investigations. They were not very happy with this one. Um, and it, it, there's kind of a connection here, I think, between the text we looked at last week and then the text, Lord willing, we will look at this Lord's Day, which we'll mention in a little while. But, uh, but yeah, obviously, uh, in their minds, they're walking around and they're, they're looking to catch Jesus right. in something, right? Entrapment. It's, right, that's right. His, his words, uh, his actions, anything they can. And... Jesus, obviously, in his providence, everything he does has multiple tentacles. Uh, and we certainly can't point all of them out because, and I think most of our listeners are hammerheads, would That's agree right. with this. Our faithful hammerheads. That's right. When, as you read scripture, you, you read a text, you read through a book that you have read through before maybe a dozen times or more, right? But now you're at a different stage in life. You're maturing in Christ, you're growing in grace, and all of a sudden you begin to see uh, some truth there that you hadn't seen before, right. right? Because God's Word is that proverbial sponge that you it's you, you squeeze and you just can't get all the water out of it, right? That's right. Uh, there's just so much there. And uh, this is how I certainly feel reading through most of Scripture and certainly through the Gospel of Matthew and preaching through it. Uh, is, you know, Jesus has all sorts of things going on that he's doing in his providence here, right? But here he is with some of his disciples. Remember, not all 12 are there yet right? that we will know as the apostles, right? 12 apostles, but he's there, and here he comes, and of course he calls Matthew to himself. Levi. Uh, Levi, right. (laughs) And here he comes. He, He leaves his post at the port. Right, and he follows Jesus, and then goes to what would have been a very nice home because he had the money. Right, he was a tax collector, and he's going to throw this celebration in honor of Jesus. And Jesus, of course, knows that's going to happen when he calls him. I mean, he knows everything. So, and and keep in mind, this is a celebration that is not under closed doors. Okay, this is a celebration that people are going to be able to see. Right, and Jesus open means, to the public. That's right. Jesus means for people to see it. And so here the SBI is seeing this, and I'm telling you, they, their eyes are going to bulge out of their heads when they see this. <laughs> Jaws dropped. Yes. Right. I mean, they're going to be all like, yes, now we got them. Right? There they, is they're, the, they're there now. That's right. They're going to be like the libs with January 6th. <laughs> hey, we've, we've got them now. <laughs> we got them now. Uh, and, and, you know, 
honestly, it, it wouldn't at all be surprising, though, of course, the text doesn't tell us, but if the SBI would actually plant people mm-hmm. that would act as if they were tax collectors or sinners party. that would go in the party to, to capture even more close-up what mm. they could of Jesus to you know, find something out. Remember, there's nothing new under the sun. Interesting, yes, And we're yes. going to see as we work through the... We've already seen it, but we're going to see it as we work through the Gospels, especially when we get around chapter 12, that the Pharisees, the other religious elites, they absolutely worked the crowd. Mm-hmm. I mean, did we not see this as Jesus' crucifixion? Yeah, right. Right? Uh, so to think that, oh, those things don't happen, no, they, they, they happen, all right? Uh, we don't believe in conspiracies, but there are no coincidences. That's right. Can I get an Amen. So here's Jesus doing this purposely, knowing that uh, that it's going to draw the ire of the SBI and other religious elites. And frankly, the common person is going to be wondering. They may not voice it, but, huh, what, why is he hanging out with tax collectors and sinners? And especially because, as I mentioned, sinners really was a slang most specifically in that day, for prostitutes. Right. Because everyone's a sinner, Yeah, right, right. everyone's a sinner. So, so the point here, uh, and, and Arnold Fruchtenbaum has written about this, if you want some background on the slang there the for fruit. sinners. That's right, the fruk, as we uh, affectionately call him. But, uh, but, but Jesus is there, prostitutes are there, tax collectors are there. No one else would really hang out with each of them, right? They were considered the dregs of society. Uh, and so now here's Jesus, and again, he's doing this, obviously, to, to draw attention to it. Right. And, uh, and he's going to prove a point here. And I would also suggest, a little sneak peek into this coming Sunday sermon, that this is taking place on a Monday or a Thursday. Okay. And the reason I say that is because the next question is going to come up from John's disciples, John the Baptist, that is, with the urging of the Pharisees is, why don't you fast? Well, how do they know they weren't fasting? Were they following them around 24-7, all Mm. of Jesus' disciples? Surveillance. They had surveillance on them? Right. Well, the Pharisees, of course, would not fast on Mondays and Thursdays. And so almost certainly this celebration, which is including a lot of food, is on a Monday or a Thursday, which helps bleed into the very next question, where Jesus shows them what he thinks about their traditions, their man-made traditions. This one happens to be fasting. But that's for next week, so we won't say any more about that. Yes, yes, fascinating. Okay, I can see the hammerhead's wheels turning right now in their mind through the radio waves. This is good. Very good. Now, you mentioned something about the question asked later to Jesus about paying taxes, right? Is that we see that a little bit later when they yes, ask him, right. should we yeah. pay taxes, et cetera, et cetera. Could we elaborate a little bit more on that? And I'm sure the IRS will be very happy about this elaboration. <laughs> yes, they're listening now. Well, I, look, you know, you try to anticipate when you preach some questions that people are going to have. It's impossible to anticipate them all and answer them all. Right. right? Um, but, you know, the point I was trying to make, because we talked a little bit about taxation, uh, but the point I was trying to make was that Jesus certainly in no way uh, was saying that he agreed with excessive taxation and an absolute misuse of tax money by governments, okay? So 
the point I was making was that the question asked was just simply on the the rightness or the justness of having taxes at all and mm. paying a tax at all. Right. Uh, and of course, Jesus, when he was asked that question, knew it was a trick question anyway. And so his his main point wasn't even the paying of taxes, but the giving to God what is God's, right? Which is everything. Yes. Right. Um, that that was his main point. But I was just simply pointing out because a lot of people will say, "Hey, we got this new tax," and hey, you know, Jesus said, "Render unto Caesar," as if Jesus was saying, "Yes, let's have a flush tax." Yes. Like Maryland has yes, my or an air tax. Yes, uh, oxygen tax. Right. Yes, let's have that. Mm. Uh, my point was simply that Jesus was not condoning uh, that sort of thing. And and one of the things I urged, and it was very interesting to see the age breakdown, and I knew it would be this way. In fact, before the sermon, I had mentioned this to some people Sunday morning. But I knew that where we had a lot of the college students in the first service, right. that there wouldn't be too much reaction to the taxes, and there really was no laughter at any of the kind of some of the jokes, Tax and, jokes. and you innuendos, and there just was kind of a blank look. But then the later service with folks that are fully aware of taxes. Yeah, who've been bludgeoned by them. Yes, uh, and, and who are trying to provide for their families right now and are feeling the uh, inflation and stagflation and so forth, the effects of that. You, you saw a reaction out of them. So one of the things I encouraged everyone to do and I really hope they'll do this, is is actually look at taxation. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Think about what's happening in our own nation with taxes, the history of taxes, and then also look at where's the tax money going. Right. Because, Which you know, is... a lot of our younger folks like to argue about this social program, this or that. Should we have health care? Should we this or that? And, and what, we would, what we would see is that if, our, if the tax money wasn't wasted the way it is, there's plenty of tax money to do everything uh, that should be done. Right. Okay. Uh, the, the issue isn't, well, there's not enough tax money, so people need to pay more taxes, which, of course, is the is what? That's the narrative. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the narrative. That's out there today. Just pay and it's been out there for years and because it works with younger folks. Right. Until they have to raise a family, until they have to make that mortgage payment, until they look at their paycheck and say, well, why this much? Right. And where is it going? Well, see, but they're not going to have, the next generation won't have to pay mortgages because they won't own property, and they'll be happier that way. Exactly. So (laughs) uh, anyway, so that's kind of why I went in in that direction ever so briefly. Yeah, that's good. Now, if I could put you on the spot for a minute, you know, you'd said, you know, spend an hour here on the history of taxes and then an hour on the use of taxes. Yeah. Do you have like a go here to this point or this person to get that information? Yes. Well, you know, I, I would say look up uh, Brother Dave Bratt has some uh, some good information on this on, on his website. And of no course, doubt, definitely. That's right. He, he not only uh, attends church here with us, but, uh, uh, but does some great work over there at, at LU. And so I would encourage uh, encourage anyone to go look uh you know look at his website talk to him i don't you know i, I don't say at all that i'm some expert but uh, but i think the heritage foundation uh, that's the heritage foundation would be a good place to go to kind of look at the history and the current policies yeah uh you know milton friedman 
uh, capitalism and freedom uh, is also a resource that for somebody just kind of getting into it, I, I would maybe suggest. So those are just some ideas. Yeah, no, I think that's good. Good. All right, well, as we turn to the cultural element of things, Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners, what can we learn from that that would impact the way we interact with culture? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think there's a great balance, right? Uh, Jesus certainly did not teach a sort of Christianity where we all become monks. The holy huddle, us yeah, four, no, and no right. more. That's right. Uh, you know, we just retreat, you know, go up into the mountain somewhere and build a compound. Okay, he didn't, That that's not what he taught. And of course, we have throughout history people that did that and then found out, wait a minute, I brought the sin with me. Uh, Surprise! That's right. Um, so, yeah, I think we we see there that here's Jesus uh, in a place where he's not with sinners committing their sins. And this is the point I brought out, right, when students would come to me as a dean and say, wow, yeah, I was here doing this, and people are smoking marijuana, and people are getting drunk, and people are doing this. But, but I wasn't doing this. Yeah, I was there because, I, you know, Jesus hung out. With yes. sinners. Uh, yes, okay. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, great excuse. Yes. But the dog ate your homework. Exactly. Too, right? He wasn't with the prostitutes when they were prostituting. He was not with the tax collectors when they were uh, uh, collecting taxes and creating taxes and, and, and really extorting the people, right? So I think that's an easy concept for us to understand. But yet, we also see that Jesus was in society, right? And, and he's. He's at places, you know, and we're going to find ourselves at ball games. We're going to find ourselves at restaurants, uh, and we're going to be around, right? The what we might say are the dregs of society. Yeah, uh, we're going to be around people that you name any sin, but we're going to be around them. Mm -hmm. And how else can we reach them, right? Um, so, but we're not going to go to a drag queen event. <laughs> Story hour with children? Yeah, we're, we're not going to... Uh, I, I remember years ago, I even mentioned this on Sunday, but there really was a guy, I wish I could remember his name, I'm sure he's no longer around, but he, he was known as the Bourbon Street preacher or pastor or something. Yeah. And uh, he, he would... One of the know, hammerheads might remember his name. Yeah, texted in. and he would come to LU here and there. But, but his whole thing was... Uh, which was actually unusual for for Jerry Senior to bring anyone around that you know would would advocate for this sort of thing. But <laughs> his whole thing was, yeah, you know, they are in New Orleans, man. You know, I'm you know I go into this establishment and that establishment, you know, a bar, a strip club, this that because you know I'm sharing Christ and I, you know I think that is you know that that's certainly the strip club, right? Uh, there may be some pubs that you could go in and engage people, uh, you know, and so forth. All right, we, we can argue about that later. But but the point is that we don't want to go in where people are doing their specific sinning. Right. Okay. We might hang out at a restaurant, not even know there's a robber next to us or a thief next to us. Right. But we're not going to go with them when they're breaking and entering a house and yeah. share Christ with them at that be moment. Be the getaway car for them. Right. And that's that was really the and I think that's the cultural. Yeah. point there, right, is, okay, we need to live in the world, but not be of it. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, how else do you take the the light of truth into darkness unless you walk into the darkness? Right. 
But then they some people take that and they run with it. They go to BLM riots, right? Or they go to LGBTQ plus parades and yeah. they stand in solidarity with oh, them. Oh, absolutely. Mm, okay. And those are actually excellent examples that are real examples yeah, that have oh, yeah. come up within Christendom in the last few years. Yeah. Uh, we even had professing Christians, right, say things like, well, you know, we should attend one of these, you know, riots. They might not call them riots, Peaceful right? protests. Right. Please get the verbiage right. right. Peaceful protests. Right. They're not going to call them riots. They'll say protests, but we're going to attend. And actually, we're, we're going to attend, and we're not even there to share Christ. They would actually say this. Yes. We're not there to share Christ. Folks, you are here on earth to share Christ. Yes, Period. There's no such thing as I'm going to go somewhere and I'm going to purposely, my aim when I'm there is to purposely not share the gospel. You Are know, you kidding me? That's right. Really? Uh, it, it's mind-boggling. But these are like well-known Christian people leading other Christians down the primrose path. Yeah, I mean, this is, right, this is Jonah on steroids. I'm not going to share. Yeah. The gospel. Right. Really? Uh, but but it's crazy that but and you know but people get all emotional about things and they begin to buy into some of this yeah. right so uh, so anyway yeah I, I think I think there's a lot for us to to learn here yeah no that's good all right so that's right we've got our first caller we've got okay yes hammerheads that's right friends this is the newest latest segment of the show we have our first caller. So give us a minute while we get the tech worked out. All right, we've got our first caller. Caller, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hey, hey, all right, sir. Okay, now, strangely enough, Hammerheads, this number seems to come from a IRS? Or I, I'm not sure. Well, let's see. So, caller, what's your name? Yeah, my name is uh, my name's Thomas, and I was calling... Oh, hey, Thomas, Thomas, hold on. Now, do you doubt? Are you a doubting Thomas? <laughs> You know, I've, I've been known to uh, every now and again, I guess. Ah, okay, good. Well, so now what's the uh, purpose of your call today, Thomas? From yeah, I just the... had a uh, couple quick questions here for you. I heard recently there's been some discussion uh, surrounding a topic that I'm pretty familiar with, and that's that of uh, taxes. Wait, wait, what? Ta- huh? <laughs> Sir, um... Okay, there's a... um. There is a back connection, and, well, that's okay. That's enough for today, folks. All right. Thank you, caller. All right, all right. That was a great caller. Great caller, friends. Now, remember, if you want to be one of our callers, the number is still undisclosed. So we'll have to uh, wait to see who will be next. But, yeah, okay, Snurdly says we got to keep this thing rolling. Now to... The previous fan favorite, the Inquisition. So I'll turn here to our vault. Yep. All right. Yeah, we're in. And I have here. Careful. Looks like a piece of paper's falling. Oh, whoa. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. Good. I've got it. It's safely tucked back into the vault. And I have here in my formerly East Coast wing-stained hands... The Inquisition. Now, this is a interesting question, my friends. It has to do with Jesus and his eating with tax collectors and prostitutes. So how does that, Jesus doing these things, square up 
with the admonition to not give the appearance of evil? Yeah, yeah, good good question. It, I see providence in these questions because all these questions in the vault, and you tend to always choose one that goes right along with the theme. That's right. Well, you know, as the Proverbs say, the die is cast, right? That's right. But the, the falling, the way it goes is in the hands of the Lord. That's right. Now, yes, this, this is a reference to 1 Thessalonians 5.22, I would believe. I'm not looking at the, the paper there, but where it talks about abstaining yeah. from That's right. all That's appearances of evil. Well, a couple things there. First of all, there is a, uh, there's a translation issue there. Uh, it could be taken as and, and translated in the Greek as appearance of evil. It also can be translated as every kind of evil. Mm. Also can be translated every form of evil. Uh, and and I would there side with the the ESV among others that take it as every form of evil. And therefore, the admonition there. Uh, the, the admonition there is is not that we abstain from anything that someone might look at and say, oh, that's evil. I mean, if that were the case, that would make people and their views and their thoughts the arbiter of what's evil, right? Right. And then in that case, you couldn't do anything. And I've talked to Christians before that almost take it like that, where they're like, well, you can't... Uh, this isn't so much a thing anymore, but but it really was a thing. Uh, where you, you can't eat. I remember back when I was in college, it was like, well, you can't eat at Applebee's because they have a bar area there oh, and, yeah. and serve alcohol. Okay, well, what restaurant am I going to eat at where they don't serve that? Well, that's why you just eat at home. Right. <laughs> uh, but that, but that's my sort of thing, right? But almost anything could be, uh, you know, hey, you go swimming, you, you better wear an astronaut suit yes. when you go swimming. Yes. Because even if you're just wearing what we might consider a conservative bathing suit, you know you, you might be around others who aren't, right? And then, and then the you appearance. get so so the whole appearances of evil thing can be taken and has been uh, before taken by believers to the nth degree to where in essence almost anything you could do. You know, I'm driving a car. Other people drive a car. They drive it dangerously, recklessly. They speed. That could mean you might do that. Right. So that's an appearance of evil because you're in that car, right? I mean, right. it goes to no end. So, so again, if we understand uh, the admonition there is every form of evil. And so the point there is in your life, stay away from what you know to be evil right. and, and sinful actions. That's what it's talking about. Right, right. Yeah, that's good. That's clarifying. Some of our legalistic friends might not, you know, appreciate this answer, but hey, the truth is what the truth is. Well, that's a wrap, folks. Thanks again for joining us. I hope that over the next 168 hours you luxuriate on some MyPillow sheets and maybe MyPillow 2.0. That's some free advertising for our friend Mike. Thanks, guys, and we will see you next week. Next week, yes. Yes.